Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and greetings. This is Chai Carr, and this is Women's Grace and Grit, Blog Talk Radio Show. And today's episode, or shall we say theme, is Are You Exercising Your Power as Elsa or as Queen? Um, and the reason I wanted to do this show today is because um, I had a client, long-time client, helped her with her marriage that was in crisis due to an affair, and helped them to get through that, stay together, um, feel better about their marriage than they had before. And um, she had a friend whose marriage is very, um, shall we say, what I call 50 sitcom, i.e. the man comes home and, you know, everything revolves around him and... Um, you know, she doesn't tell him the truth about stuff, so he'll stay happy. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an artificial model. It's definitely not a model that's going to make either couple um, or the marriage very happy long term. And um, my client said, you know, my friend found this article that says men want to come home and be alpha in their homes and want their women not to be alpha. And I said, you know, here's the, here's, here, here again is another example of what I don't like about the conversations about power. I said, we're still using, I said, that's a male, um, what I call yardstick of power. I said, and women really need to claim their forms of power and begin to um, utilize them. So that's what we're going to talk about today, um, the forms of power, skill sets, um, however you want to term it, um, for women and, and for women in relationship. So I'm going to read, up, uh, read the write-up. And then we'll begin. Women's forms of power are different than men's forms of power, although that is not always the case in how women exercise their power at work and at home. And while I am all for having as many skill sets as possible in life, women often use alpha forms of power in their relationships, which can leave men feeling unappreciated or women playing a 50s sitcom role. There is a difference in ways um, the ways men and women can exercise power, and do you know your ways of power, not manipulation, as a woman? Join us as I talk about women's power in relationship, which I call being queen, and how this can change the dynamics from alpha-beta-style power to relationship power. Alpha-beta power is power in which one person is dominant and the other person is subservient and is old news in healthy relationships. Today, we're going to talk about how it's essential to change from alpha-beta forms of power to healthy queen-king relationship dynamics for creating a healthy and mutually supportive relationship. So, um, one of the things I learned about when I was over in the Orient, and I spent many, many a month in the Orient, um, was there is a, shall we say, a more palpable, palpable um, reverence for the feminine in the East, in the Orient, but there is still um, great patriarchy. There's still great misogynist um, tendencies. And manipulation is often what is um, taught to women um, for how to have power 
doing things that your husband or boyfriend or your father don't know about, doing it behind their back, lying about it, um, getting other people to lie and cover for you as well. It's a manipulative form of power. It's not a relationship-based form of power. And so when I came back, you know, to the States, I said, huh, you know, in America, we have kind of the the polarity that we have kind of in your face forms of power (laughs) as women, but neither one is really successful, whether you're hiding your power and and kind of manipulating for um, impact or you're in, you know, kind of using in your face kind of power. And by in your face kind of power, I mean making men wrong, um, uh, being very aggressive, that's different than assertive. Um, to get what you want, which is really, you know, to me it's on the spectrum of bullying. Um, Not really understanding how men and women are different, how we process differently, how um, our brain and physiology is different, how our hormones and biology is different, and how that informs how we see the world and what we pay attention to the world and what has value in the world. And so when you don't know yourself and you don't know that which you want to engage in and create, you know, an alchemy between the two of you, whether you call it a marriage, a committed relationship, supportive relationship, healthy relationship, then you're actually handicapping yourself. And it's not unlike um, any any sort of system. You have to know what you know if you're if you're putting <laughs> if you're putting a spark plug into an engine you you have to know what the spark plug does and its limits and you have to know what the engine needs from the spark plug to do its job and that is you know I'm making a very crude kind of not very skillful analogy but my point is when we under, what we understand we tend to trust more we tend to respect more we're willing to engage and compromise and work with more when we understand it um Distrust comes from unknown. It comes from fear. And this is what I mean by kind of in your face. Women are coming through uh, centuries of being second-class citizens, from being disparaged and disrespected and, you know, um, best ignored, at worst um, targeted um, for um, being... um, for being made to be not powerful, to be not impactful, to, be, to, to, to not be equal partners at a, uh, at a table. And, and so we've got feelings about that. <laughs> we've got a lot of feelings about that. Um, and I call it the, um, you know, the ancestral rage of women. And anger, as I've talked about in other shows, is a healthy response to boundary violations, to perceived harm, to ignored um, um you know, uh, calls for respect. And when anger doesn't uh, get addressed, it doesn't get channeled, it doesn't get, um, you know, um, I would say energized into some sort of positive creative action, it becomes rage. And rage is kind of just like old bottled anger that tends to be explosive. Now, again, I'm not saying it shouldn't be dealt with. Of course it has to be dealt with. Um, just like if you know a volcano is simmering, you get the people away, <laughs> you figure out, um, you know, how, is there anything you can do to make sure it doesn't get into communities, do harm. The same is true with women's rage about men, about misogyny, about patriarchy. And this is part of what happens in this, this discussion about alpha versus queen. 
alpha and beta are one's on top, one has more power, one's not as powerful and is, is subservient. So it's dominance and subservience. It's not a good model for for respectful, healthy, mutually uh, supportive relationship. I call my terminology for what is a form of healthy, supportive, respectful relationship is king and queen. That is different than, um, you know, boss and employee. A king, if you read um, Renaissance literature, you read about, you know, you know a little bit about King Arthur's court and Camelot, you you know how important a woman who who is wise, who is patient, who is compassionate is to a king. A king wants to be liked. A king wants to be impactful. A king wants to be powerful. But if his people are not happy, if they're hungry, they will not be a population that the king can count on. And in fact, he's now watching not only for enemies outside of his kingdom, he's watching his back. His queen's job is to make certain that what she knows about people, what she pays attention to, which is tends to be more the minutiae of life. How are people getting along? Are they happy? What's working? What's not? Who needs what? Who's who's missing? You know, who do we need to go check on? Um, that information, which is really kind of what happens in the home. You know, how are people doing? Uh, what do we need to be paying attention to? What are the relatives that we haven't heard from? Do we need to pay attention, check in with them, et cetera? Our children, our dogs, whatever. Both are essential for how to navigate through life in a happy, healthy, and honoring way. And men need their queens to help them do that. And queens know that without them, the king will not be a successful ruler, will not be a successful basically man. So if you, I use the word king and queen because we know a little bit about this, even though what we know is, is still distorted because, again, everything is distorted through the times we've come through. But a king will revere his queen because he knows she is looking out for everyone. She is honoring all life. She is doing not only what is not always convenient or easy, she's doing it because she cares, she's taking a stand, um, and she's very good at what she does. And this is the model that I work with in couples. I say part of what's going on is he needs his queen and you you are still being a princess or you don't understand what it is to be a queen. And that's the other thing of this queen-king dynamic. Women have been trained to be kind of princesses. And princesses mean the, the knight in shining armor should come and take care of them, which really for a lot of women, grown women, means do what they want. The men should do what they want as women. And there's this fine line between being a princess and helping evolve your partner, your, your, your male partner, your king. A man knows without a woman he is not as good. It is why men will always seek out another woman when they lose one or when they, you know, remove one. They 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 need women. Women on the other hand don't so much need men as they serve men. And really by what I mean by serve men, and I don't mean this is a fifties again, alpha beta dynamic. We know how to grow 
a boy man into a man man. And that's part of what hasn't happened on the planet. It's part of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a lot of boy men. And part of this is because um, women have been treated very badly and not given that power and that due. And also women are, for lack of a better word, confused. And part of the confusion is because we're really angry about how we've been treated. And any couple I've worked with, any woman even, if we're working on any sort of relationship issues, at some point, the woman I'm working with will say, it's not fair. It's not fair that I have to extend what I know to this man, to this boyfriend, to this father, to this brother, to whatever, my coworker. It's not fair. And I go, no, life isn't fair. But if you change the dialogue from what's fair to what has power, what has impact, what is it that you are seeking to create, and and are you participating to your best ability to create it? And so, you know, it's kind of like in any creative process. It reminds me a little bit of, of a bulb coming up through the earth in, in like now. Um, I live in New England. It's February. We've had just a few days of like, oh, my God, yes, warmth. And I went out, and sure enough, you know, little, you know, two-inch sprouts of um, crocuses are, and uh, tulips and daffodils are coming up. And, you know, to the point where they're piercing old oak leaves and, you know, moving much more than their weight aside to come up for the sun. And I go, see, now, does the bulb say, hey, this isn't fair. I have <laughs> I have to push dirt out of the way. It's not fair. So because it's not fair, I'm not going to do it. Well, what happens? If the if the bulb doesn't do that, it will never be, be what it could be. It will never reach its potential. It will never become that beautiful flower that the bees um, benefit from, which mean the trees and the other flowers and our crops and thus us benefit from. Because its conversation isn't, it's not fair. Its conversation is, I have a goal. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. This is true for women as well. We have a goal. We have a purpose. We have a destiny, which is to create in a in a honoring, sacred way such that all life feels honored and is sacred. And we do so wherever we are. If you're in a marriage, that's your destiny, your job, your goal. If you're a mother, that's your destiny, job, and goal. If you're an employee, if you're a boss, etc., wherever you are, your potential is to make it better, to make it healthier, to make it happier. And to step into what are your forms of power that are different than men's. Again, this isn't about men being bad and women being good. It's know your strengths, know your skill set, and exercise them and become complementary to other skill sets and other ways of exercising power and impact. Um, this does not, and, and the reason I kind of put these two polarities as um, leaving men feeling unappreciated or women playing a 50s sitcom role, even men don't really want a 50s sitcom role being played. Now, that's a gross generalization. I'm sure there are men who would love nothing better than that. Most of the men I know and I work with and my family, they want a woman who isn't just subservient and saying yes to whatever they say they, because it leaves them naked. It leaves them vulnerable for what from what they don't know and what they are now going to not do well. So time is up. This is this is a very big conversation. This is a very big topic. Um and um and if you, you know, 
just begin to think about it. Just begin to think about where do you not like how you're showing up as a woman in a relationship with a man, okay? And again, be careful of either being manipulative or the other polarity, which is being aggressive, right? In your face, aggressive. They're both the same. They're both the same dynamic. They're just polarities of, and neither polarity is actually a very um, useful, creative, um, healthy response. So, love to hear what you think. Always, you know, anytime you want to contact me for a uh, a session, 45-minute session, um, free, about what is in your way of feeling happy, um, go to my website, www.jicar.com, J-A-I-K-A-U-R. And I've got a clarity session form. Fill it out. Click the little send button at the bottom, and we'll set up a time. So enjoy your days, and I'll be back next week. Bye.